Hey folks, it's Jalen. Um, so the next two episodes will be strictly about um me and members and black members in my fraternity, specifically talking about our experiences as black people in a white Greek organization. Um, and this first conversation was with my fraternity brother Tyon, who became the chapter president right after I became the chapter president. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about his experience going to um, the national conferences, uh, the national conference uh, for the fraternity and just meeting other black brothers there. And then we get into um, just more of dealing with race um, in a white fraternity. So um, this was one of my favorite conversations to have because it was just such a honest and vulnerable space for uh, me and Tyon to just sit down and um, get real about the shit that we went through in that fraternity. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm here with one of my fraternity brothers, Tyon, and um, we're here to talk about being black in a white fraternity. So I haven't really talked at all um, about being in a fraternity or white fraternity. So I don't know, Tyon, just take away, explain a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is Tyon Hudson. I am a student at Montevallo Steel. I am someone I didn't expect to be um, someone I didn't expect to be in a in an organization let alone a white organization mm-hmm. it's, I grew up in Alabama so it's I didn't expect uh, a lot of the things that I've seen in Montevallo so I guess that's a little bit yeah so let's just let's just get right into it so what made you join um, what made you join a fraternity well I came to Montevallo and I really just I kind of clicked with a couple people. I sat down with a guy who um, who was in an organization a couple years before I was there, um, and he just started talking to me about his experiences. And then I came down and I met um, I met some guys. I met Bryant, uh, Joseph, and I you know I kind of saw how they interacted, and I thought that it might not be as crazy as I originally had thought. Just seeing them interact with each other and how they talked to me even. So when you were going through this process, did you see it as, oh, I'm joining a white fraternity, or did you just say, oh, these are, these are like a, some a cool group of people? It was a little bit of both. Um, I knew it was like a white fraternity when I hear how people would talk about stuff. Um, it's definitely different than you know my experiences from my friends and people that I know in Black Greek organizations because it's just the terminology is different, the atmosphere is a little different, but generally i did start to see as i got to know the guys that it's just a group of guys that are that you know have some things in common and have the same kind of ideals so do you have family members in in black greek organizations i do and what did they say about you joining um fiji or i guess we i guess we need to talk about a little bit what so so we're in phi gamma delta or or fiji as the nickname and (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but anyway, what do they say? What do they say about you joining Fiji? So, most were like, 
they expected it because I've never been somebody who uh, follows what my family has done or what people around okay. me has done. Okay. But generally, it was it wasn't horribly negative, but it was like, oh, there's a lot of white guys. Is, <laughs> are you the only black guy? Stuff like that. Yeah. Just kind of worried. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so I I guess I guess we need to acknowledge like how diverse our our school is and how diverse yeah. specifically our chapter is, and so I'm wondering how do you think recruitment would have been? So say you went to a school like Alabama, mm-hmm. and you know it's not as diverse there. How do you think going through recruitment for a white fraternity would have been, um, or if you would have done it at all what I do you think have. <laughs> I, I think would, so definitely either. would not have no like even going back and like thinking about it I was like oh this might not be for me because I was originally uncomfortable but seeing that volume of people we had like maybe 50 guys going through at the same time as me but you know there's hundreds and just hundreds of guys and it would have been a sea of people and then maybe five of us probably would have been black yeah I, I couldn't have done it no, I, I definitely share the the same um, the share, share the same thing because I always think you know I'm black and gay, so mm-hmm. I, I, I I lucked out <laughs> coming here and and joining a fraternity. I really lucked out that I was able to join somewhere that would accept me where I didn't where I didn't feel like I had to I guess conform to a certain idea i definitely agree with that yeah because i've seen a lot of like places where even like i mean even other chapters of people i've met people i've met that are in chapters of fiji at different schools and chapters of other organizations at different schools they're like you know my brothers they go out and they do this and this and this and you know if you're not doing that you're not like you're not with Mm -hmm. them but you know there's there's a different culture in montevallo and then even within other organizations but specifically us yeah just because that's how, from what I've seen, we've always been. How do you think it would have been if you joined a, a black Greek organization? I mean, for racially, that's what would be expected of me. I know. I mean, family-wise, they probably would have would have been a lot happier because I probably would have <laughs> been, you know, not just like we're family, but we also brothers now. Yeah. And, you know, well, in this organization, so cool. yeah. which is a really cool thing, but it. I wouldn't have gotten the same experience in Montevallo as I have uh, just because the guys I've met have been very instrumental in teaching me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've I found out a lot about myself because of this organization. So mm-hmm. it's it's not something that I can say going back. I don't know if I could get the same experience. Anyways. Yeah, I think it's really all about, I guess, finding um, just a group of people. And mm-hmm. if that group of people is in a Black Greek organization, you go there. If it's yeah. in a white group organization you go there and i think a lot of times people forget that white people can join black Greek organizations too yep. like they're not segregated so i don't know people join people yeah I, I i really honestly i would rather it be less based on race but of course yeah, it is of because course of people look at history that. yeah historically fraternities i mean most fraternities didn't even start letting in uh black most white fraternities didn't let in black guys until the 60s yeah so. Uh, yeah, I, I was I found that to be so crazy when I yeah. when I found that out. Nineteen sixty two was. Um, yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna get into that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
But yeah, so. Okay. So. What is it like? <laughs> what is it like being a black person in a white fraternity? Um, it seems like, and I, it's going to sound bad, but it seems like I'm teaching children sometimes because there are mm. things that like I learn that, that like I've learned because I'm a young black man mm-hmm. that young white guys don't ever learn. Um, hmm. There's certain things I can't say and I can't do no matter where we are. And that's something you can't teach, um, can't teach like very quickly. So, you know, we'll be out doing something or somewhere just having fun and then I'm a little more cautious than, than a lot of my brothers are, I, I think, in different ways. Of course, there you know there are those who were brought up in a very diverse background, and so they they can see some a little more, but some just they don't know the same things I know. I mean, and vice versa. I've learned a lot from guys because they had this different background than I had. Um, I've seen things that I wouldn't have seen. I've had conversations that I couldn't have with just someone who grew up, uh, you know, poor and black like I did Mm -hmm. you know there's conversations that I could have never had if I would have joined maybe another another organization uh, with people all like me Um, yeah it's it's not something I could have done and I've been I've been sort of I've been sort of um, thinking about this um, because I think it's very conflicting Mm-hmm. Being being black in a, in a white group organization because, you I mean you talked about it early you said you know, these guys taught me a lot and, I mean yeah I've learned a lot from everyone and mm-hmm. I, genuinely love everyone but, there are just, some like some things on the level of microaggressions on the level of just flat yeah. out racism that happens that, you, for me I I try to. I tried to tell myself that it wasn't mm-hmm. what it was because like I said I love these these people and this was happening before your time so it's not yeah. anything that was going on but um while all this stuff was happening I was like oh that's that's not that that's not mm-hmm. what's going on and then now I've had time to reflect and I'm just thinking like wow and these people that i loved and that i shared all these experiences with they were just very hurtful Mm -hmm. and i i i think it just i I don't know if they were doing it intentionally or if it just comes from i guess a culture Mm -hmm. clash or i don't know and i i think i'll always still try to deal with those things because i don't i don't think i'm ever gonna be over it right now you won't i don't think i will either because it's i didn't mean to cut you but it's like it's like things that we deal with as black people Mm -hmm. but except it's in an organization where these are people that i'm supposed to be comfortable around and trust yeah I remember when I first got here, I remember seeing, like, how the guys interacted. And I remember I didn't get really close to anybody for the first couple couple weeks. I didn't really, like, try to intentionally get close to anybody. And then I, I think the first couple I did were uh, were white guys. Because they were, I, I guess I that's probably just because that's the first guys I was around. 
But as I started to get to know everybody, I started to have conversations with people like that. That were like, I would, you know, I'd sit back later and I'd be like, that was, that was wrong. Why did you say that? Or, you know, what made him do this thing instead of just taking a second to think about what it was? Is he doing this on purpose? Is it like a test of some kind? Like, that bothered me for a while. But I think generally, most people... Um, most people don't do stuff like that on purpose to hurt you. I think it's just the culture that we live in. Yeah, that's that's what I've always sort of pinned it down to is just mm-hmm. culturally it's just different. Yeah, and that's what that's what I that's where I think you know diversity is a good thing. Diversity, inclusion, all those things are good, but I feel like in our to me, in our situation, diversity was sort of a hindrance because we didn't really talk to each other about mm-hmm. our diverse identities and the complexities of those. No one seemed to really share an interest in that. And I think that's, I don't mean to give you advice as a, as a, as a grad brother, but I think that's <laughs> something that, you know, you guys can definitely, you know, try to touch on in the future, you know. I don't know, making making sure, and I I think that I think it's moving towards that. But I do too. Um, Finally, yeah. But I, I yeah, I just thought I, I always thought you know this is a diverse place, but it's just it's diverse. Our diversity is hindering us because we don't really understand each other. Yeah, and we don't want to try to understand each other because you know the I'm gonna ignore the dog <laughs> because. <laughs> I don't know, people, I, I felt like people just got lost in, in wanting power. It's weird. <laughs> when you start to set up, like, a, a hierarchy of yeah. any kind, yeah. you have people who, like, get so focused on, like, some people are big pe- big picture people, um, and then they get focused on that, and that's the only thing there. But, personally, there are small details that we have to, have to have, and, and it does, it it makes them seem like they're like small things and like stuff like sexism, racism, stuff like that mm-hmm. is, is small details. It's not. It's not. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, people do think of them as small details. Because um, they were, we were trying to work towards. Towards a bigger a, goal. A goal. Yeah. And those small things. They weren't things that everybody was mm-hmm. like on the same page about. Mm. So it's easier to, I guess, to rally people about, around a central theme instead of something that we know no one's going to agree about. Yeah. But, and, and only a small percentage of us in the chapter were wanting to call these certain things out. Oh, yeah. But it just... It just didn't happen yeah. like, that way. Yeah. But being a minority, that's should be something we're used to. Deal but, with anyway, sadly. But it's, it's a different in a structure like that, where these are people that you're supposed to be able to open up to, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning when I'm... When I, you know, I've been studying, it's finals week, and something's bothering me. I was supposed to be able to talk to anybody in the chapter. And I feel like I can do that. But that being said, there are probably some issues I probably talk to certain people about mm-hmm. versus others. I think that's just life in general, really. Yeah. So, we, so, I, so we we're both, we were, well, I was the president before Tyon. And so, let's talk a bit about, <laughs> about that, you know. And you know, I don't, I don't think we we realize this, but 
I mean, at the time that I was president of the chapter, I was the only black, um, black and gay, but black chapter president in IFC. And now I think the same goes for you, correct? It's the exact same. So, you know, what, what is, what, what has that been like, you know, being the president of this organization filled with white folks? I will say, so you just reminded me of something and this kind of describes it for me. Um, someone the other day, uh, saw, uh, saw some Fiji's and I wasn't with them and then they saw me and they didn't say, I saw some of your brothers earlier. They say, I saw some Fiji's earlier. And that disconnection from me to the chapter is kind of something that I I've experienced a lot. People tend to not come to me about stuff. They go to brothers in the chapter that they Mm. know and it's never black brothers. All of the people who would go to those black brothers go to me. And so, like, wow. I'll hear it through the grapevine, and I'm like, okay, um, they could have come to me. They have my number. Mm. You know, people I have had classes with. Um, one girl, she sat two or three seats over from me, um, and she texted one of my brothers during that class. Um, and he texted me. And I went, she's literally two seats away from me. Like, she could have said something. I've, see, I've never, that's never happened to me before. That is really? interesting. No, people, people... These are white women you're talking about. Yeah, it's white women. So white women on this campus, when they usually came with came to me, I never heard things through people. I wonder why why do you, why is that happening to you? Um, the only thing I could guess is not because I don't think it's racism, honestly. Especially like maybe they just don't know you. They know the that's what I was saying. Are. Maybe you don't know me, but when yeah. it's people I know, I mean, I'm not an intimidating person by any means. I don't think, but. I guess it's just like you go to who you're comfortable with. Yeah. And if it's not me, that's fine, but But you are the But I am the president <laughs> and you do have my number. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, all of it, but something that, that just doesn't make sense. Something that I sort of felt I experienced a bit was when I felt as though people this might be in my head. But I felt as though people in the chapter mm-hmm. were trying to, I would say something, and then they would take it and turn it mm-hmm. into something else that wasn't my original thought. I think that comes with being the president. But I always equated that to racism for some reason, because I always mm-hmm. thought, you know, how would it be if I was white and straight? How would it how would it be if if they if they if my identity matched theirs and matched the white brothers? Um, how would my identity be? Well, how would my identity affect them if mm-hmm. I was if I fit more of an authoritative role to them? Like, would they would they respect me more? And not saying that people, I didn't really care if people respected me. I just wanted people to hear me and see me. Being on that same playing field. I mean, I think it's just, if it was communicated from someone else, how would it be perceived would be interesting to I see. I mean, we've, we've seen what that was like when, yeah, when these things were communicated. And that's why I always have gone back to that when yeah. I was saying, you know, when, we, when there was a white president of the chapter, I don't know if those, I, I, I saw things getting done. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, things got done. 
things are getting done still, but mm-hmm. I saw things get done immediately when they were asked. It was it was different. If I try to be more authoritative, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, if I try to talk to people like, you're going to do this, but I mean, like, not saying you're going to do this, but like saying, I know he's going to do it, so I'm going to just leave him alone. It doesn't work either. Yeah. So like I, trusting people. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I try not to be like, hey, do this. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. Yeah. So I'll say, hey, can you do this for me? And then I'll come back like two weeks later. Hey, did you do that thing? And sometimes it's done, but sometimes it's like, oh, no, you know, I didn't know what you meant by that. And I was like, well, I, I mean, I. I told you to do it or I asked you to do it. I don't even half the time. It's not even me telling you to do something. It's you volunteer for something. I say, yeah, please do this. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't get done. When, so I will say one of the things that I thought I wasn't going to be good at handling was discipline mm-hmm. and people responding to me when they were getting discipline. Mm-hmm. So when I would go and have conversations with people about um, a punishment or a sanction or whatever, um, they always they always like complimented me and saying, you know, Jalen, I mean, I, I really appreciate you just sitting down and talking to me about this, explaining to me, you know, everything that I've done wrong and why you're doing it, and um, I just appreciate you not yelling at me because I I don't know why. I guess <laughs> someone yelled at them before, but I I just I always thought that was interesting because i was i I was i would always go in and say are they even going to listen to me when i come in here and talk to them Mm -hmm. and then at the end they were they were just very receptive of that and i just always thought that was weird yeah i don't know i've had the worst meeting i had you were there for um it was the first thing i had to do as president oh yeah um and that was that was a lot yeah uh but usually like when i have to talk to people about sanctions and about like anything really it seems that people are like i don't want to say disrespectful but people don't take me seriously Hmm. which is part of the person i am and that's fine but when things have to get done they have to get done so i can definitely every time i go into a meeting i'm like okay so am i gonna go in here they're gonna be laughing and having a good time and i'm trying to i'm trying to either like get something done or i'm trying to understand where you're coming from so we can get something settled i'm it's just like when, you, when you're trying to get business done, you have to get it done. And, mm. and for me, it just doesn't seem like um, that people want to get it done. And mm. I guess that's just from me going, becoming from like being the person that I am to me having to do things because I am the president. I remember something you said, and there's an incident that we had in the chapter uh, concerning race. And you told me, you said... How I feel about a black man does not affect how I feel how how I feel as president of this organization. And you basically said how you handled that situation mm-hmm. in a way that the president of the organization would handle it, not mm-hmm. as a black person. Yeah. So what was that like separating oh. your <laughs> your identity to be, you know, diplomatic and solving resolving a situation concerning something very personal to you i remember like thinking okay i know how i want to respond to this like i had a thought in my head i said that's not right though i know i know how i would normally respond to this but it's more important that as a president or as anyone who you know you you're influential on people 
we have new guys who don't know us all real well. If you know they're going to respond to you in that position, you need to think about that. So I, so that's what was going through my head. And I was just was like, okay, I don't really know what to do. So I just sat there and I just thought for a minute. What helps us and what hurts us? Now, if I would have lashed out, that would have obviously hurt us. Because, mm-hmm. you know, somebody coming in and this is their president. This is the person who's, who, like, they're supposed to be able to look to. Um, and, like, any questions they have, any, you know, ideas that they have about the fraternity probably at, are asked to him. And those ideas are probably, like, contributed to him or the people that are influential there. So I know that I couldn't just, I couldn't act out. So it was it was real hard for me because growing up in Alabama, racism is not something real far from me. Um, something I saw a lot. I want to say every day, but it's something I saw on a regular basis. So that was something that I just had to take a couple mm-hmm. steps back and just think about for a while. Yeah. So, so together we've experienced the tail end of the Obama presidency and the rise of the Trump presidency. How do you think the political environment of America has experienced your experience, has influenced your experience in the chapter and in the fraternity as a whole? First thing I thought about was I went to Academy um, this uh, this January, and that was a group of like 700-ish brothers Mm. from across the country. So we got into our president's meeting, and we How many there. black people were in the meeting? There were a lot of black people when I went. And when I say a lot, there was like 10. Yeah, it was about 10, 15, <laughs> like 15 max. There were a couple that, like, because I know a couple of them I talked to. Um, one of them, he was not black, but he, was, he wasn't white. He, was he African? He there, was was, some, there was an African guy when I went. There was not an African. Uh, there was a guy from... Um, so he, I think was, he was from the Caribbean. Oh, okay. Okay. But there's a couple guys who were just like, they, you know, they kind of flocked to us too because they, they kind of felt the same oh, way. Yeah. And it was just like, it was interesting seeing that on such a large scale because it's not like white brothers and black brothers like are just not mixing. Mm-hmm. We're not talking or anything. But you'll see like, well, I'll go sit at a table and another black brother will come. Two or three white ones will come. But it'll be like three of us sitting at one table out of out of all of those presidents from all of these chapters. There's like four presidents sitting at the same table who are who are black, three or four hmm. out of all of us. And that's not not to say that we just didn't want to, but it just happened. So we ended up sitting together and talking and just seeing it was crazy to hear about like the stuff going on in their chapters. Yeah. Even politically talking about um, you have a lot of division. And these are folks at at larger yeah big chapters yeah one chapter his his is about uh, seventy eighty I think it was uh-huh. and we were just talking about how they how they do um, just discussions big discussions about stuff and so we were talking about that and you know the things that you bring up when you're talking among people you can trust sometimes you say stuff you probably should mm-hmm. uh, with them understanding that that's not what you'd say you're you know you're passionate about whatever you're talking about. But there's some stuff that you shouldn't say regardless. And, you you know, you'll hear stor- stories about guys who are, quote unquote, not racist, mm-hmm. but say some just horrible things to their black brothers. Um, and not even just in our organization. That's 
heard that from other guys in other organizations. Mm. But that's just it's crazy. It's I never expected that from the beginning because of the culture of ours. As much as I can say that we have, we've done a lot of improving. We've never had stuff to the degree of stuff I've heard from people in our other organizations or other chapters, just bigger chapters. Yeah. Hmm. I always wonder what it's like for for black men at those larger, you know, like two hundred fifty folks, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're the only black person in the in chapter. The, exactly. I always wonder what it's like for them, and they don't when. So we're gonna get in this later, but I always feel as though they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to acknowledge that they're the only black person. They just want to be one of the guys. They don't mm-hmm. want to. I mean, for to be completely honest, I would love to just be one of the guys. I would love me for too. people not to see me as me a too. black, a straight black male, because that's, you know, that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that stereotype, which I don't think I fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's something that follows you no matter where you are, and that includes like going to conferences like that, or going to, like you going out to eat with a bunch of brothers, and you know they. You know, they have a certain look. Guys in their late teen, late 19s, early 20s. And, you know, you see that and you're like, oh, they're a frat guy. They're they're in a fraternity. And then you see me sitting with them and it's I'm like, like, who is that, who black, is that guy? black guy? <laughs> what's, the, what's the black one doing there? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't fit. And so I think our brothers do good about that. They're like, it's not that they, like, are, are trying to do this, but they do they do make it easier to be in a white organization yeah because our brothers are like they of course people because of the culture of the america right now of course they're gonna probably say some things that are like "Mm, you shouldn't have said that but generally they're all like very accepting of me and whatever i say and how i how i grew up versus how they grew up Mm -hmm. i can have those conversations with them but to people look from the outside looking in it's insane I de- like I said in the beginning, I think we're definitely lucky that we have an organization that's, or we're in a chapter that's um, more accepting than um, a lot of the older, oh, yeah. old, older chapters. Yes. Um, and I think that's just because we're a newer chapter and we yep. want to keep that thing going. But I ju- I'm just really interested to hear about other black folks and specifically in our fraternity, but in other fraternities... Mm-hmm in america how they okay so do you remember the whole Haley barber thing where it was the girl from alabama and that sorority and oh she yeah was i remember a... it. you remember that i remember when that went down okay <laughs> i still have so so you do i do they're so funny uh so um so i guess i need to explain so there was this there's this white girl and a sorority at, Al- at the university of alabama and there it was a big blow up because these videos leaked of her saying that the kids in Africa should be thankful for her because she's saving water by turning off the water faucet and I think she said nigger or something she did. and then in a follow up video she said that she can say nigger because she's from New Jersey or something, something like that, like that. <laughs> and so so that whole thing blew up and made I think it made national Indeed. news and then She got kicked out of Alabama, kicked out of the sorority. So I was on Twitter, and I was seeing the -the behind-the-scenes stuff of her saying, you know, oh, I have to leave Alabama. I think I'm going to try to go to my University of Miami now, and 
oh, I, my parents don't really care about it because my grandparents don't really care about it because they're racist too. So blah 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 blah. And so there was a lot of a lot of black people on Twitter saying, you know, oh, I don't. Or I, I found this one black guy on Twitter, and he said, oh, I don't know how black people even join these organizations, considering you know the racism and how they were founded on basically racist principles and all these things and I responded and I said well I mean the reason why I joined my organization because I felt or my chapter is I felt more comfortable as a gay black man in it and if I felt like if I joined a black Greek organization and I know this is a it's it's kind of stereotyping black Greek organizations and I apologize for that but if I would have joined a black Greek organization I don't think they would have accepted me as much as joining a white organization and he responded and he said you know I understand that but I just I don't I just still don't understand how a black person can join an organization that was founded on racism I, I just don't understand that and so I just sort of I just sort of didn't know how to feel about it and I didn't know how to defend my choice and I didn't even I didn't I didn't know if I needed to. I didn't know if I needed to explain, you know, why I joined a white mm-hmm. organization. So I guess I tell this whole story because I'm interested to know on how how do you feel, you know, being in this a white organization and seeing, you know, just the terrible racist stuff that happens in it. What does that sort of skew your view about your choice to join a white organization? Or do you just take it as, okay, that's just that organization. That's not mine. And what, how do you, I rem- at when, when I first joined, um, there was stuff like that happening. And so at that point, I wasn't close to any Come of out, guys. stuff like that happening, like in the news, in the or, news. Okay. of course there was stuff happening, but just, it wasn't like coming to my attention every day. I wasn't on Twitter getting seeing that kind of stuff every day. But um so there came a point I remember that I was like I I don't know if this is the right decision uh just because I it's such a difference it's such a difference already coming to college and excuse me being a freshman in college but making that big of a decision. And then I started seeing stuff happening at different colleges and then like um, recruitments being canceled because of stuff like that. And then people not being able to, um, you know, decisions not being able to be made about what should happen to these chapters. When to me, that's like, I know what should happen. I know how they should respond. And so that kind of, it kind of scared me. And at that point I was like, I don't know if this is right. And then my brothers, our brothers are, are the ones who kind of kept me understanding that this is not our chapter. Mm -hmm. It may happen other places, but it's not going to happen here because we're different. And that's the culture here versus the culture everywhere. Yeah. Which is another, is another whole thing that I'm glad for. Like I said earlier, uh, just because that, if I was anywhere else, I just would have, I would have dropped in and just been done. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. So, um, what was I going to ask? So, so in the midst of that whole thing when I was basically having an identity crisis because I was just thinking, why did I join this? Why did I join a white organization? So, 
I started trying to, to reach out to black brothers in our in our chapter and um I mainly reached out to them through the Figan Pride pages was which is just um just gay gay brothers that have assembled a page mm-hmm. s- separate from the the fraternity groups, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I started messaging them and telling them, you know, hey, I want to try to get this group together of just, you know, black Fiji's um and none I don't want to say none of them cared but some of them hit on me some (laughs) of them hit on me um I I guess they thought I was like trying to flirt with them but um I don't want to say they didn't care but I mean obviously the page isn't created yeah so there was just not there was not there was not it didn't seem like it was needed to them it seemed like they were content and just existing without having that sort of support from Mm -hmm. other black brothers and i kind of wondered you know why is why does there seem to be a lack of black people trying to communicate with each other across chapters in our fraternity specifically I think part of it specifically is where we are. Um, this is the middle of Alabama, one of the, you know, historically most racist places you can go to, like uh, back in history. So I think here some of that same idea um, of racism has passed on. Not necessarily like everyone here is racist, but that idea hasn't left our heads yet and it's not going through for a long time so i think we understand more that this is something weird for us because it's not something we see every day Mm. you don't see people making you know bonds like this with people of other races everywhere in alabama some places you're like you don't go there there are places i legitimately like i don't feel safe going so my friends go uh go places i go um you know i'll I'll sit back. Uh, I'll see y'all when y'all get back. Um, it's There's people that you see that you're like, ah, no, I'm not going to go hang around them. And I think Black Brothers, are in, uh, not other organizations, but in other uh, states or other chapters, yeah. they might not see it the same way because the uh, culture of where they are might be different. Uh, especially um, a lot of the people that I've talked to, especially from like the more Western places, it's not the same. Yeah. What do you, like, Western meaning, like, California, or... Out that way. Okay. Um, they seem like it's, like, it's just, like, a... It's something that the South experiences more, which I don't know why, of course. But that stain, that history left on us is hidden here, harder here than it is over mm. there. Mm. So when... So maybe when I was trying to connect with people... They were like, oh, I don't, this doesn't really seem. Like it's not something that they think is necessary. Maybe. Yes, it doesn't seem necessary. Because, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we're, we're all brothers. We shouldn't have to blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I still want to make the page. I still think it's. I think it'd be cool. I think, I think it, cool I think just, it, to just to have a place where we can all go and be like, hey, one of, my, one of our brothers did such and such and such. I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I talked to, uh. I talked to Terrell 
because our field secretary, which is uh, a guy who works for the fraternity and comes to basically check up on chapters, I talked to him about being a black president because he was a black president. He and was. I know you did too. Because he, um, he told me about how y'all talked and how it was for him. And it wasn't the exact same, but it was something that he definitely thought was, was interesting to see. Mm-hmm. That we kind of feel not the exact same, but we feel we see the same things. We see patterns of like people acting differently um, towards certain people, and it's. I think I kind of think it's funny, honestly, because all of us are like we deal with it on our own. But that page would be a place where we can we talk, can talk about, about it, that kind yeah. of stuff. Which I, don't, I, know. I think if you don't talk about it, it's never going to get better. Yeah, and I, I, I do, I do want. I want I want at least our organization because I think it's the best because I joined it. Um, <laughs> I at least want our organization to sort of try to make strides to talk about things mm-hmm. like race and you know sexuality, all of those things because we have brothers that are in chapters who need to be heard and yeah. you know we can't just make them let them be silent. I'd love to see eventually our organization like nationally, like they post for different holidays. I'd love them to see post about June, uh, Juneteenth. Like if I saw that, I think I'd probably die. I don't think any organization, the white organization does that. It's not going to happen, but I'm waiting for it. You know, I would, I would really love to see. Cause when, when I did go to headquarters, um, they have, you know, the Fiji hall of fame. Yeah. I didn't see any black people on the Fiji Hall of Fame. And I was just thinking, I know there are black people that are Fijis that, are, that, have, done that have done important mm-hmm. things. So I, I, I told myself, I said, I want to be on this Hall of Fame. It'd be crazy to look back and see like the first black guy to, to go in the Fiji Hall of Fame being in like the year 2018, 2019. Just that far out yeah. from the organization starting. And 18... 18- 48. Like, it took that long for y'all to, <laughs> to find somebody who y'all thought was real great. Yeah. Somebody who crazy. did something great. I know there have been great. Yeah. Pages and I, I, I wish I... I'm going to get that page started. <laughs> I'm going to get that page started. But anyway, so... I think we kind of covered some of these, but... Uh, do you have anything else about how... How do you, how, how do you think racial issues get handled? I think something that I really love that the newer classes do, I don't know how, like, the, the last two newer classes, they talk to each other more than they talk to older members about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when I was Pledge Educator, when they, like, obviously a lot of these guys, they were like, okay, Pledge A, we're gonna, we're gonna be learning about the fraternity. So if I have questions about that, I ask, you know, I'm a Pledge Educator. So um, they asked me about stuff like that. So, like, if they were like, hey, I heard something kind of sketchy. I've never, you know, being a white person, they're like, I don't know if that's racist or not. Or they're like, I don't know if that's like a a, a no-go. Let me talk to you about it. So they, they talk to each other I about stuff like that. This. Yeah. like these, And these were the guys that... Like we just I, got? That I was president when mm-hmm. they came in. So they talked to like, they talked about stuff. Like we'd be in Pledge Ed talking about stuff and they'd be like, oh yeah, I saw something crazy in the calf or like I saw this right here. And so, so they cool. just, they kind of talk to each other about that stuff. Was, that's and a good class. We, when I came in, we didn't really do that. Like, we talked a lot, but we didn't talk about deep stuff at first. And they came in, like, 
some of them already knew each other some of them are already like good friends so they they felt like they can come up with something real deep and not just like things like race but anything like i'm having a hard time with with this i'm i'm feeling horribly depressed like you want to come talk to me yeah and that kind of thing i think if you can talk about something really deep like that you can start making connections to talk about anything Mm -hmm. and that kind of helped them and this newest class it was it was a class of what eight Mm. three of them were black three four yeah most of them were yeah so it was and then them coming in they were like the way we do classes is weird like we do uh we do it by greek uh letter they were um one behind the second one so they weren't really one behind the one from fall so they weren't really like they didn't consider themselves i guess to be like quote-unquote younger in the fraternity mm. so they they all knew each other like the guys from fall and guys from uh spring so they talked to each other uh they talked to each other like they had known each other for years some of them and is that's the kind of thing that i love to see happen because they'll be talking about um They'll be talking about something. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that you said that. Instead of just thinking about it and then, yeah, you know, letting it bother him forever. I look to go with it. I think the mo- the funniest thing to me um, last year, I didn't do recruitment the same way because I was um, I was an IFC, so I got oh, yeah. to like walk the guys around. I remember walking in to all of the different places, and I have friends in other organizations, and I love seeing them and all that. But I remember coming in, and then the first thing I see is you know you have your presidents talk at these things first thing i see when i come in is a black guy speaking from my organization mm. and they notice that too they might not like consciously notice yeah. it all the time but you notice stuff like that you notice you notice that on on Montevallo's campus generally you'll see like a bigger uh bigger number of people who are gay in a fraternity who are black in a fraternity who are Hispanic in a fraternity. So you're like, you're seeing a, a, a lot more diversity, but it was something about coming back and going, <laughs> that black guy is like, is, is about to give this talk from my fraternity. He's representing my fraternity. And that's a good representation of us because we are so diverse like that. We, we have, I mean, honestly, it's, it is a fault at some points, like you said, that we, we are a little too diverse because sometimes that means you can't agree on certain things, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, sometimes you have to meet in the middle. But when it comes to things like recruitment, I definitely can like I can see different brothers talking to different kinds of people and you know introducing them to other brothers saying, hey, you should meet this person because there's someone you probably have never talked to. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have like, um, like Destin. Destin and... Um, him two random brothers Destin and Kane mm-hmm. those are two people who are wildly different mm-hmm. um, but they're both people of color and then, so coming into the organization they saw us and were like there's something weird here because we're here and even like going into other organizations and seeing those black guys they probably were thinking hmm these are those black guys I'm gonna go talk to them so you see that happening where I saw like Hunter Hunter would come up to talk to people, and he'd go to talk to people, and he'd be like, oh, this is somebody I probably wouldn't talk to. He wouldn't talk to them. And that's something I think we do really, really well. Mm-hmm. We go out, of our, go out of our way to try to make ourselves a little uncomfortable, because mm-hmm. if, you, if you're pushing your boundaries, 
you continue to grow. You mm-hmm. continue to like get better as a person and as an organization. No, yeah, I I definitely felt very special knowing that when people were coming in uh, doing their rounds during recruitment that I was going to be the only black person they were going to hear. I, I felt very special. And I know yeah. you will, too, when, I'm, when that time oh comes goodness, for you. Oh, my goodness, I'm so excited for that. I forgot about that. You know, for Greek speak, Greek speak and for the recruitment rounds, I, I know. Because everybody, after I did my little Greek my little Greek speak speech, all the little white sorority girls were like, Jalen, oh, my God, I loved your voice. You were so you were so funny, blah, 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 blah. And I was just... I just wonder, okay, if they're reacting that way, I wonder how, how the guys, the guys are, reacting. are reacting. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, they gravitated towards us more. They did. Was... And one thing that I that I that I felt really good about was I had doubts that um, being, you know, openly gay was gonna was gonna hinder our recruitment. No. I yeah, I, I see. I, I I had doubts about it because yeah, I was thinking, but... you know. You know, mostly straight guys come to, mostly straight white guys come to this campus, yeah. and you know, I don't want, I don't, I, I, I was like, should I tone it down? Should I not speak about certain things? And I was like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just no. gonna talk. And so when we went yeah. out for a recruitment event, I was talking about, you know, uh, Chad and saying, so, yeah, my boyfriend this, my boyfriend that, and then I just remember everybody being like, oh, Jalen, you have a boyfriend? And I was like, the, the recruits, and they were like, Jalen, you have a boyfriend? I was like, yeah, blah blah blah. And then I remember one of our guys saying to me, you know, when I, I knew when you were talking about, you know, your boyfriend and you were talking about, you know, all that stuff, I knew that you felt comfortable being in this organization. And I know that I felt would, would yes. feel comfortable, too. So I was just saying, you know, I'm, I'm glad I stayed true and authentic to myself and I'm glad I didn't try to tailor tailor it to the yeah. people you're seeing. I think. So, which is definitely a privilege being being yes. on this campus, being able to do that, being because able, if I was on places, yeah, I, I would have had no, to. You would have had to tone it down, yeah. or you wouldn't have been able to be in that organization. Yeah, uh, yeah, that which is crazy to me because, like, when I was growing up, uh, my mom never said anything about being straight or being gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my mom's good friends is real gay. Like, I didn't know until like I got to like middle school and. People started talking about it and talking about being straight and being gay. And I was like, that's weird. Like, we just didn't talk about it. We also didn't talk much about race in the house until things in America started to get crazy. And then we had kind of yeah. had to. Yeah. But it was just, I got to uh, I got to high school and I started to see, like, people don't treat people right generally. Black, white, gay, all of that. Yeah. Um, and then I got to Montevallo and I expected much of the same. But it's not like that here. Mhm. No, yeah, it's definitely different. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's something that I really I love to see on Montevallo's campuses people being comfortable and guys coming through recruitment and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm here because I want to be here. I'm not here because like my dad did it. I feel comfortable being here because I like it." Mm-hmm. And that's that's a, an amazing experience to have. Okay. So let's talk hazing. So, okay. um, so gladly I can say we both can say you know mm-hmm. our chapter is not one of the ones that hazes. Mm-hmm. And I know that you know nationally our organization has these initiatives against hazing. But 
as you know we constantly hear when brothers go off to you know fiji academy or other conferences they always come back with stories about brothers from different chapters telling them hey this is how we haze our pledges and blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so i'm wondering I'm, i want to pick your bang a bit so why do you think hazing exists in fraternities i think part of it is tradition i think it so i, I thought a bit, lot about this like also at academy because we talked a lot about it and like how, like the history behind it and and why people think it works um personally i think people think it like makes you closer if you suffer with somebody like if you're going through something with somebody mm-hmm. which you know of course i've i've gone through some things with friends of mine like we've been in situations where we've had to get close because we've been in situations where if we didn't we wouldn't be able to make it through stuff mm-hmm. um so i can see that but when you when you're supposed to be welcoming someone as a brother as someone on equal ground with you no matter what then why would you make putting them through that make you guys closer i people do it to kind of make classes get you know get closer to together and to get like stronger together i guess but hazing doesn't really make you strong i think the only thing that does is like the the environment you foster with them has to be one where they feel able to be there accepted and um able to grow as a person not just like i'm gonna beat you until you understand that you you're supposed to be here yeah it's it's ridiculous to to think about for me because if i would have come in and, and that was going on, and that was going on, especially like white guys trying to haze me. That would have we're gonna get on that. <laughs> yeah, so I want another thing. So, do you think hazing is racialized? And when I say racialized, I mean, I guess I'm meaning to ask, do you think hazing has some racist and um, homophobic undertones? I think it definitely can, um, especially with these old organizations. So, and this was like one of my biggest fears, thinking about like these guys, um, I was thinking, you know, these guys are going to uh, see me a little black, excuse me, a little black boy from Hewittown. Um, and we'll be like, do you deserve to be at my fraternity? Mm. And I think that that definitely can happen uh, because they're obviously out of all the people in any organization, there has to be at least one who thinks like that. Mm hmm. And it really only takes that one to say one thing. And especially if it's somebody influential, nobody would bat an eye. Yeah. If it's somebody like in your organization, if you're sitting there and someone influential says something that's not right, some people wouldn't question it. Some people would just go with it and be not scared to say anything, but they wouldn't think twice about it because of who it is. Because mm-hmm. people, uh, especially like if you're older in a fraternity and they're like someone who just came through, They'd be like, well, if he's doing it, you know, there must be a reason. It must not be wrong. Mm-hmm. Especially a lot of guys who, like, are going through that big transition in their lives during college. They, so a lot of people don't know how weird that is and how bad it is that that people think of black people less than human. So they're not going to question that, some of them. And it's, that can be translate it to whether we're talking about uh, racism, homophobia, 
because you people think of themselves as like being on a certain level and then when you think about like hazing hazing is putting them on a lower level based mm-hmm. on them being a pledge mm-hmm. but if the only thing you have to go on based on them is their skin color you might use it because mm-hmm. they go oh you he got a great gpa his gpa is better than mine i can't talk about his gpa um he bigger than me i can't talk about he's a little short whatever blah 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 um he's black <laughs> I'm going to try that. He's gay. I'm going to try that. Anything. It's just, it's something I don't really understand. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, I, huh. That was good. I won't. I'm trying to think. What did I think about hazing? I, I think, I think weak men haze. Mm. Weak men haze because... I don't really know why. Mm-hmm. I I think I think I think we as men are afraid to, because in fraternities we're all we're in a group of men, mm-hmm. so it's 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 very gendered. We're around yeah. men. We found our principles without women. Like yeah. for us to have brotherly bonding, we just we we say you know no girls basically yeah and so with that it comes this sort of idea wait i'm around all these guys that's gay and so i think where hazing enters it is saying okay the way that i'm gonna prove that i'm not gay is that i'm gonna i'm going to make sure that i have dominance over these guys Mm -hmm. i gotta have your respect. respect yes yeah that way we can sort of i guess sort of try to eliminate I don't even, does that make sense I get where you I get where I'm you're not, going I'm not I'm, it kind of makes sense it, because it's like um to me it's like so I have to prove that I am a strong man to you yes so that you yes. will obey me yes yes and I, that makes sense and then on the other side the people that are getting haze are saying okay I need to prove that I'm a strong man by letting you do these and like by toughing it out or yeah. whatever Whatever the and I don't be. know, I don't know where my whole, um, oh, I don't know where my whole hazing getting getting rid of the idea that it's not that everyone's not gay. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like that sort of homophobic and masculine energy. I, yeah, I think it's feels that. like masculine traits versus effeminate traits. A strong man is when you, you yeah, know, generally think that's a masculine trait. Someone who couldn't couldn't uh, go through it or couldn't bear the the pain or whatever mm-hmm. would be considered effeminate and considered uh, closer to being gay. No matter what you look like, no matter what you act like, if you're not strong enough to be there, you're not, you know, a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think, I, I, I've been toying with this idea, but how do you think other chapters, other people from different chapters would view us knowing like, the fact that we haven't, we haven't been hazed, we don't haze, mm-hmm. and we we are just a very accepting chapter and all these things. How do you think other chapters in our fraternity would receive us? I know some wouldn't. I know, like, let's say hypothetically, we had to like have our chapters mix. It wouldn't happen. <laughs> it just wouldn't. Yeah, because they'd see us and they'd be like, "Well, they haven't proved them. They haven't. Yeah, you know? yeah, but, yeah." The things that that guys go through in everyday life that 
they have to prove to themselves they're the person that they are. Yeah. I don't think we have to test them to be a man. They're a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're already a man. The only thing that I have to make sure is that you line up with what our values, what are. Our values mm-hmm. are. And as long as you're lining up with our values, that's all that I can expect from you. Yeah, I'm... I'm so... I've been so I want to get in contact with the Oregon chapter when I go up there because I want to I want to keep trying to do mm-hmm. fraternity stuff because I I enjoy it because I just I enjoy the personal growth I see and I enjoy Same. mentoring people and helping people figure out things I just like doing that in the fraternal setting and I just always think you know well I. I haven't heard that they haze. Like, I've only heard good things about them. But I always think, you know, I mean, even though they might not be hazing, there might be some sort of rite of passage that they all go off of. And I don't think I would, you know, qualify for that rite of passage. So I'm 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 wondering, you know, when I do get the opportunity to meet them, if they're going to be like, okay, no, this guy isn't, this guy isn't for real. I mean, he has the letters, but he's not. He's not a real, a brother real Fiji because he hasn't gone through whatever we yeah through. yeah yeah yeah. I definitely thought like when I was when if whenever I meet guys, I met a brother in Walmart one time and he came up to me and he he said hey to me and like when I when I tell you I like I was taking it took me a second to like think about the fact that that's a brother that's someone like in the same organization I I am, and for him to come up to me and like say hey to me that means first of all he saw this black guy with his letters on. It could mean a couple things. He saw this black guy with his letters on, said, that's not a brother. <coughs> or he saw me and was like, oh, my God, that's a brother, and he got excited. So it'd be crazy for me to, like, especially when I finally go off to grad school, hopefully, um, to, to be able to do something like that, to be able to see, like, how they respond to me being a black guy, being someone from down south, being mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Just... That whole idea interests me. I will say the the Fijis that I have met in different states have been nice. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'm only basing this off of when I went to uh, Kansas State for mm-hmm. the summer. When I met some of the Fijis there, they were nice there. And then, you know, of course at Fiji Academy. Yeah. They're always going to be nice. But I met a couple while I was on my trip to Europe. Oh, really? Yeah, I was on the plane, and I had my wow. headphones in. And I somebody keep hearing... Was... Everyone yeah. always says they meet P- Fiji's there. Like, when they... When they When they go... Places. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was crazy, because I was like... I didn't have letters on. Actually, no, I did have letters on, but I had a jacket on. And so I saw these guys. They, they passed by me a couple of times, and I didn't, like... It didn't register that those were my letters that I saw. And it just... I just noticed the color, and the color... I was like, that looks a lot like our midday shirt. Hmm. It was one that was very similar to that I saw on the page. And mm. That's why I recognized it. So I was sitting on the plane later, and uh, one of the guys that I was flying with said, "Hey, I just saw some Fiji's." And I was like, "No, no, you didn't." So I turn around and I see the guys like three rows back. So I go and talk to them, and I just I greet them. I, I say, "Hey, how you doing?" And I ask them what chapter they're from. Don't remember what chapter they're from. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was also real early in the morning, and we so we just kind of sat there and talked for a minute yeah. and. They seem really nice. They they immediately were like, oh, my God, it's a brother. Yeah, that's the general response for for our organization. I haven't... I haven't talked to people like that in other organizations about stuff like that, though. I need to. Yeah, that's why I was wondering how, how it would be for... Um, 
other fraternities when yeah. they when they meet people from different chapters. I, I always I always think good things about positive things about our organization just because I joined it. But I'm sure yeah, that has to be negative. Some but. some other organiz some other organization probably is doing a lot better mm-hmm. than us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it has to happen. Yeah. But I think we do it. We're doing a lot in our chapter specifically because yeah. you know a thing that I was thinking about. You know, we have we have three or four people in PhD programs. Mm-hmm. We have brothers that are going to, right? Me, Brian, Jordan, just What's three. It's three. Yeah, yeah, it's just y'all. So we have three brothers going to PhD programs. Mm-hmm. We have brothers on campus involved in various things. We have all this talent yeah. and stuff. And that is that amount of stuff is not that's not a a lot of other chapters. No. And so, and I was talking to one brother through the uh, Fagan Pride page, mm-hmm. um, and he was he he messaged on there because uh, he was he was collecting data for his PhD um, d- for his dissertation, and I was like, wow, okay, that's a brother, that's gay, and he's Hispanic, and and he. Is in a PhD program. I need to message him. So I messaged him and I said, um, "Do you know any other Fijis that are in PhD programs?" And he was like, "No, I, I, I don't." And I was just thinking, you know, oh, damn, yeah. I know two other brothers just from just my from chapter. chapter. And then there's like the ones that are like about to go. Yeah, it's not including like people who are that are already in or yeah, they're that are. We have brothers who go to do like amazing things. Yeah, and our chapter specifically, like, we have a brother go to Harvard. We had brothers going like, we had brothers going across the country to do research to do to present at conferences. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's, it's amazing. It, uh, that's why. And I always, I always struggled with, you know, why does why do our headquarters uh, why does headquarters always say you know these positive things about us? Why are we always, you know, talked about so highly? And then I think about in the context of our national organization and think mm-hmm. about other chapters and I'm just saying okay wow we are doing good because we you know get our shit done you actually so the brother I was talking to was from um you know you know Florida International mm, yes so their chapter was recently shut down or on suspension really and um I think it was because of hazing or something like that but he said you know this school got tired of them doing stupid shit, and I was just thinking, those they look really good on social media. They're always posting cool things. They're just really clean social media. But then, I guess below the surface is just it's not all that great. Yeah, and so I was. It just really made me appreciate. And this might not go in the the episode, but it just really made yeah. me appreciate the chapter that I came from. I appreciate it a lot. It's. Like I said in the beginning, it's taught me a lot. So I can't, I can't say I go back and do it differently. Yeah, I mean, but we and because it's you know because it's so special to us and because we've learned so much, I think that's at least for me that's why I do critique it and that's because I don't. I want us to get better. I better. don't want things that happened when I was mm-hmm. when I when we first started off. I don't want it to happen again, and I don't want those things to get swept under the rug, and yeah. I don't want people with certain ideas to come and and change everything yeah. is it, it all it takes is one yeah it does 
So, in closing, what advice do you have for black men in white fraternities or black men or men of color who are looking at white fraternities? Everybody says keep an open mind. And I do too, but only partially. You you have to think about um, when you're going there, you have to think about who the people are. Think about who the people are that you're about to be joining. Uh, think about the organization structure. Think about the ideals of the organization. Because when you go there and when you're sitting in this this room with a bunch of guys that um, you don't know, the, the very least you could do is to know something about that organization because it says a lot about the people that they're going to bring in. It, and, know, and then if you can know some of the guys, if you do know something about them, uh, it says a lot about the other brothers because you can generally say if they have some good brothers then you're going to see them keep bringing in the people of the same character mm -hmm. people join people that they can be around they're not just going to join because they want letters they're not going to be able to join just because they want letters people are not going to let other people that don't hold up their same ideas into their organization so it's it's something to watch out for but that being said, do keep an open mind. Yeah, I agree. I'd, 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 so I'd say keep an open mind and don't... If, if, you, if you're going through recruitment and you feel as though that you have to conform or, or, yeah. or, or water down a, per, a part of your identity or personality, I don't think that that is the organization for you because i don't i think think fraternities are special fraternities and sororities greek life in general and other student organizations are special because they they give you that community where you can grow from people and share these different ideas and i just think it's really important to find somewhere where you're not coming into something where you're gonna have to fight to prove yourself yeah you can't grow if you fight just trying to be there yeah yeah so find that find a place that feels like home and i that's something corny that everybody says it it's true though it's so true that's true if you find a place that feels like home you'll find yourself going home for the for the holidays and then going dang I'm excited to get back to mm -hmm. see my brothers to get on the on the hall like we have or on in the house yeah just to see these guys and just to have some fun with my brothers even whatever's happening hey guys thank you for listening to go black boy go you can follow the podcast on facebook twitter and instagram and you can also listen to it on itunes soundcloud podbean and google play so don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and leave a review. And once again, thank you for listening to the podcast.